The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. We've got extra hairspray on today with the win. Nebraska Creighton moved up a 6.05 start. Can the Huskers get out of that four-game funk? We'll talk about that. We'll dive into some of the best backs you have seen as a Nebraska football fan Really good list out, ESPN.com, college football listing. Their top 100 backs the last 60 years. A little bit of a surprise with the rankings and who's not on it, who is on it. And uh, we can debate that. And, uh, yeah, it's time to go portal shopping if you're Nebraska. We'll explain. Numbers to get in today. Join us, if you like, at Hale Varsity Radio, 466-3776-466-3776. can call us toll-free wherever you hear us across the state of Nebraska, 1-800-825-5865. can send an email, chris at halevarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio, that's me, or Connor Clark. As he is uh, rocking in studio today at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Pretty busy times. Connor, yay or nay on the spring game? Did you love it? Did you uh, crush hot dogs? Did you uh, keg stand? Tell me tell me how the weekend was. Well, I crushed brats. Okay. I'd say that probably. You're like, <laughs> I don't do the... The red hot dogs. I will do. No. I'm a Chicagoan. I will do a brat. The first time I saw one of those, I was heavily confused. Listen but. to me. Are you a predecessor of yours? Is also from Chicago. Is there some hierarchy snobbery? And I mean this lovingly with you, Chicago kids, and your bratwurst <laughs> selection. Once you get to Lincoln for college. Well, when it comes to brats, I just do the Johnsonville. I mean, that's pretty standard, I feel like. But There's some local guys I'll hook you up with. Okay. I mean, that would that would be but great. But Johnsonvilles are very good. Yes. I mean, you can never go wrong with those. But as for the game itself, I mean, I had a good time. I thought it was fun. Uh, it was good to be back in Memorial. It felt like we were back in August. Um, you know, a couple of I, – I didn't really learn too much, and we talked about that on Saturday morning, too, right before the spring game. So that was expected, and – it was nice to see a little bit of Casey Thompson in that offense. It was nice to see a little bit of how fast Trey Palmer is. He is wicked good, fast. Good separation. It's ridiculous. The one thing I was a little bit disappointed in was the offensive line play. And, again, I know it's the spring game, but it felt like even when, when Thompson was in, it felt like he had very limited time to throw the ball. So that was a little bit of a concerning point. 
Uh, we saw an absolute bomb of a punt, so that was good to see. Uh, I, there were a lot of groans afterwards once the starters weren't in, but uh, it is what it is. It's the spring game. But overall, I thought it was pretty fun. It, w- it was good. Uh, so that'll kind of lead into to this portal edition uh, that Nebraska needs to, and, and will keep an eye on. You know, Nebraska is in need with a lot of spots. Uh, I will ask you, best running back you've ever seen, in person you can give me college or pro oh that's a that's a really good question um college i'm gonna go based on stats and technically he's mm-hmm. one of the best of all time is justin jackson out of northwestern because he is i believe he's top five in yards all time so he was obviously a really good you know, back. nebraska didn't follow through with recruiting him yes he wanted to come to lincoln Really? I did not know that. Yes. Well, I know he's a local kid um, in the burbs of Chicago. But, um, I mean, I never got around to seeing Melvin Gordon or Amir. Um, I remember when I was little, though, I was I didn't like Nebraska at the time, but I was like, wow, this Amir Abdullah kid is, he's is awesome. something else. Good and I, I really loved watching him on TV. Um, as far as the pros go, either, I mean – I watch a lot of Chicago Bear football. We haven't had great offenses, so I mean, so Tariq like, Cohen is up there. Tariq Cohen's your guy, <laughs> just because of recency. Yeah. Neil Anderson and Walter were way before your time. Yes, well before my time. Who's a kid? Uh, uh, what was a kid out of Tulane? Oh, why Forte. am I forgetting this? Yeah. Matt, yeah, yeah, I'll say Matt Forte. Forte was, was Matt money. Forte is he was a good ball player. All right, so... We'll, we'll just give you a quick rundown here of, of ESPN's ranking of the 100 best backs the last 60 years. Cracking in at number 100, Greg Lewis, Washington, uh, Ronnie Harmon in at 99. We're not going to go through all 100. Your two Nebraska names on this list. Number 55, I'm Amon Green. Totally get it. Amon's a top, top 100 for sure, top 60 back. Uh, Mike Rozier comes in at number seven. Uh, Lawrence Phillips needs to be on this list. And if you're looking at Lawrence's statistics, ran for, I think, 1,800 yards as as a uh, sophomore in in 94. 95 was 95. I know that's not good and inexcusable and was suspended. But O.J. Simpson's on this list. All right, O.J.'s number five overall. So saying if you put... OJ on this, you need to include Lawrence. And we're not going to get into the arm wrestling match of who's a worse dude. I'm just saying, there you go. Emmett Smith's in at 77. Could have been Husker. But uh, the the top 10 is, is appropriate as in who number one is, and that is Barry Sanders. My short list for best backs I've ever seen live and in person one is Barry Sanders in 1988 against Nebraska. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I think in 05 on one leg, still ran for 150 yards in Lincoln. Adrian Peterson's right there. Ricky Williams ran for two bills, and no one really did that against Coach McBride's defense in 1998. They snapped the uh, monster home game winning streak. I think it was up to 50 games or 49 or 47 or well, it didn't eclipse Miami's record, but it was getting there. It had been forever. Uh, Nebraska went from 91 through 98 without losing at home. 
so Ricky Williams was phenomenal. And then Eric B. Enemy, uh, 1990. That was an insane performance, not only with the five, uh, make it four fumbles, but, but five touchdowns. So that's kind of my short list right there. Never saw Le'Veon Bell in Lincoln as the guy. He was really good in East Lansing in 2012. But it's a, it's a pretty remarkable list. But uh, the way ESPN rounds out their top five, uh, it's it's Barry Sanders in at number one. And he was just flat out incredible. Uh, no disagreement there. Archie Griffin, uh, the two-time Heisman winner. Or Herschel Walker, those that were a little older than me, remember Herschel. He comes in at three. Ricky in at four. OJ, five. Tony Dorsett, incredible at six. Rogier seven, just in front of Bo Jackson at eight. Earl Campbell, nine. Reggie Bush, ten. Reggie Bush wowed me. He was so, he wowed all of us in, in that uh, 2005 season. A couple of Wisconsin backs uh, round out 11 and 12. Jonathan Taylor, Ron Day, and Jonathan Taylor's incredible. He's probably up there too, as he went for a couple hundred yards uh, in, I think, 2018 against Nebraska. Husker fans will remember silly Billy Sims and and his fumbles. Christian McCaffrey's there. And uh, Rashawn Salam, really good for Colorado. George Rogers, Monte Ball. Melvin Gordon comes in at 20. And then Eddie George at 21. This back was really special at K-State. Darren Sproles, Thurman Thomas, Eric Dickerson in his Trans Am. And then B. Enemy and in at number 25. So can chime in at Schmidt underscore radio or at KristaHaleVarsity.com with uh, the best back you've seen. And uh, give me a short list. Give me your top three. Uh, we can continue that discussion. So Portal on our mind. And uh, we know about O'Shawn Mathis. I think you got to feel pretty good about Nebraska's chances. How does Nebraska's chances with NIL compete against Hollywood and USC, uh, Penn State, Ole Miss, Texas, those are the teams you must beat. If you're O'Shawn Mathis and you're a native of Austin, but Texas passed on you and you ended up at TCU, do you go back to Texas even though Gary Patterson's there? Is there enough pull with former TCU player uh, Omar Manning and, and, of course, Coach Applewhite also at TCU the time around Trev, the time around great Jason Peter, the time around former Huskers and some of the current guys, does that stay with you as you look to take other visits? Ole Miss is going to wow. Ole Miss has money. Ole Miss has beauty. Ole Miss has fun. And uh, he's going to play wherever he goes. And and Ole Miss is is always in contention. USC is, is there. Does he want to go West Coast? I don't know. I mean, Nebraska is a special place. It just kind of depends on Mathis's personality, and and I don't know it. Is is it is is he all right heading to the Midwest and and being the guy? Uh, he would be a shot in the arm, but that gets to the bigger portal question. And you know what what this next wave of portal will be is younger players. This next this next wave of portal guys is going to be. Dudes that haven't lived up to their potential or guys that are ticked off about playing time. So by all means, you can go get a younger player and plug in if he's better than you got. Or are you just adding more depth to develop that, that isn't ready? That doesn't, that doesn't help you immediately 
if you're Nebraska. I mean, you are replacing Damian Daniels. You're replacing Stilly. You're replacing uh, DeAndre Thomas. You're replacing Jordan Riley. So what you do have is this. Uh, when it comes to, to snaps, uh, Nash Huttmacher made an impression, did well. But Nash played just 26 snaps. Uh, Colton Feist, or Feast, excuse me, has played just 12 snaps. Jalen Weaver, Roquan Buckley, Marquise Black, they've combined for nine. Mosai Newsom missed most of the year with injury. Who's physically and mentally ready to step up? And a uh, good story here by Parker Gabriel. We'll have Parker with us Thursday. And Nebraska can and should go shopping. Absolutely. Uh, for defensive line help. Not just with Mathis, but also somebody on the interior. Ty Robinson's been developed and can, make, and can take a step forward. He's already been in the trenches for, the, for a year as a starter. Casey Rogers, really good when he's healthy. Can he stay healthy? Uh, and and I, I hope he can. Good dude. Really good player. Him and Robinson together are nice. But what's what's the wave after those two? And you and I both know how taxing Big Ten football is. And take a gander at November. It's always about November. You want Nebraska to get to November with a chance to make some noise in a good way versus where can you sneak out a win or two to get bowl eligible. Uh, West Virginia, Florida, Maryland all have some potential candidates that are likely defectors. Connor, offensive tackle. You touched on the spring game. We looked at the pass rush. Even when it was five Mississippi and two-hand touch, Nebraska's quarterbacks got pressured and sacked. They did. And that's not good. Your, your starting tackles, presumably, are Corcoran and Big Teddy. And you have Schwartz you've already gotten from the portal with some experience. The, the top portal target, the kid out of Vanderbilt, uh, said, I'm going to Bama today. So he is off the table. Uh, what do you have behind? Ben Hart's played a lot of football. How much better can he get? Uh, you also have um, some guys at tackle and, and, and Brand Banks that is there. You have Ezra Miller, another transfer, another kid that's in your program. So you have tackles, but what is the uh, the experience and the talent level behind Teddy, behind Turner? And and I I don't know. How much better can those guys get under Riola? Uh, because it's got to be quick turnaround time. I think you I think you look at a tackle if you're Nebraska and can you can you count on Hunter Anthony and 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 Kevin Williams to make a jump and be be more than serviceable if they do win a job and go from that second group Saturday to the first group on football Saturdays in the fall. Yeah, I agree. I think you do look for a tackle. And just a couple of, of moments where I was watching the spring game, and it looked like uh, the DNs were just having their way on the outside. I mean, it was not very hard for them to get into the backfield. And as you mentioned, is that a lack of talent? Is that a lack of athleticism maybe, lack of quickness? Obviously, some things can't be taught here, but I think tackle shopping is is a good idea for this Husker team over the offseason. And not saying you can't do it with the guys that you have. I mean, you you definitely have plenty of size on this offensive line. It's just a matter of, all right, we just got to get quicker here because if we have two edge rushers, and we know how the Big Ten is with edge rushers, coming at First, Casey second, Thompson, third round. Yeah. 
if we got two of those guys coming at Casey Thompson in less than two and a half seconds, good luck throwing the ball. Good luck. Adrian Martinez, Casey Thompson, Snake Stabler. I mean, just, it doesn't matter. It's it's not good. You can have a quick passing attack, but that eventually you're going to want to have five steps and take a shot. Uh, tight ends also. Uh, Chancellor Brewington, Fedoni, dinged. Hickman dinged. Uh, you have Carney that that got roughed up, but you know he was playing, which was good. Rollins looked nice, and then there's Vokalek who was held out precautionary. Vokalek, I think, can have a big year. Does he have a partner in crime? There's no more Austin Allen. You look at tight end, so tackle, interior defensive line, tight end. Those are some uh, some positions for sure. To think about. Mitch Sherman's coming up from the Athletic at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time on a Tuesday at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We check in with Mitch Sherman from the Athletic, who has given us a few minutes. Mitch, how's your day? What are you doing? Uh, we've been all over Chicago today, so a uh, little field museum, saw Wrigleyville, went to Loyola, had some Portillos, lots of uh, lots of stuff, and we're still we're still going. So uh, I hear that uh, things are a little dicey back there, uh, and it's ninety degrees inexplicably, and you might be uh, you might be getting uh, you might be in the in the crosshairs for some severe weather. So. I hope everybody stays safe tonight. Well, appreciate your, your kind thoughts and, and sending the Windy City's wind our way. I swear to you, if I hold the microphone up to our, our beautiful studio window, it sounds like you're right directly below an airplane. You know that sound an airplane makes? That's the wind uh, outside. Uh, they have moved up the Nebraska game to a 6.05 start. It is uh, potentially a bit ugly with um, severe weather. But uh, we'll, we'll hang tight. I'm glad you're in Chicago. Did you get drugged to Nike Town or not? No, it was closed. Uh, we were, I was out on Michigan Avenue yesterday, and they were opening late and then uh, came back down the road around the time that the store opened, and, and uh, there was a line outside. So I've been in there. It's, uh, you know, it's fine, but pretty sure I'm not going to walk away buying anything. So um, I think I'm, I'm going to miss that. Missed that part of, of uh, Chicago on this trip, and uh, we'll be we'll be okay. My my kid does not throw fits often, but if he doesn't get to Nike Town in Chicago, he he throws a, a fit in the said toy aisle. So that's why I asked about about Nike Town every every year for Big Ten Media Days. He spends all the time at, at, at Nike Town with with Mama, and they they go crazy. So Mitch, uh, interest <laughs> interesting uh, ESPN article. And they listed the top 100 backs the last 60 years. You've covered Nebraska football a lot. You've grown up in the state. Give me your top three backs you've ever seen in person, either in Lincoln, uh, when I mean in Lincoln, either a Nebraska back or opposing back. Who are the, who are the be- three best you've seen or covered? Um, well, at, at the, I mean, it, it can go a lot of different directions with this. The, probably the best one um, is Adrian Peterson. Okay. Yeah, uh, my and, too. You know, yeah, as a as a college back as a freshman at Oklahoma, um, he was a man among boys. Um, you know, 
and you can only judge the guys by the context that they're in. I watched Leonard Fournette play on a high school field in Louisiana, and he was incredible. Now, you know, he's had injuries in the NFL, has not had the kind of NFL career that, that Peterson had. Um, but at that time, when, when, he, when I saw him, you know, it was like, okay, this guy, you know, I'm sure it's the same if you saw Derrick Henry in high school, uh, which I didn't. But, uh, you know, you, you just, it was impossible, he was impossible to tackle against good high school players who were going to play college football, uh, you know, in their, in their own right. So I put him on the list. And, you know, I'd probably put Lawrence Phillips on the list, too, uh, just because of, of how good he was for Nebraska in 1994 and 95. And, you know, just as a, as a talent, they're, you know, I don't think there's much that compares to him um, that's worn that uniform. I mean, Mike Rogier and Amon Green were, were great in their own way, but on his best day, I don't, I don't think that, that you, you could find anybody better than Lawrence Phillips when he, when he was at the top of his game uh, at Nebraska. Lawrence did not make the list. OJ did at number five. So mm-hmm. um, my short list, best back I've ever seen, I'm going to go with Barry. I saw I was at that game in 88 as a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah so was I, and that was amazing, yeah. Barry's won. I, I've got to go with Ricky Williams in 98. Uh, Texas came in and shocked Nebraska, so Ricky Williams was two. And Adrian Peterson on one leg in 05 over the enemy in 1990. But that's kind of my four short list. That's a great list. Yeah, I like it. I mean, and, and I saw all of those guys at Memorial Stadium, too. And, you know, Ricky, the year he won the Heisman, you know, in part because he just was such a charismatic player, too. And, you know, you, you, you know, whether you whether you liked him or you disliked Texas or, or whatever it was, it, he was so enjoyable to watch that year. So all of those guys, uh, pretty incredible. And, you know, you, you know, somebody like Emmett Smith, who I, I never saw play in person, but, you know, admiring what he did. Mm-hmm. At every level, that was that was he. He was, you know, obviously a great one too. Could have been in Lincoln, but that's a story for another time. Mitch Sherman with us uh, from the <laughs> Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, going to go to the spring game and uh, a thought or two from you. What what did you like? I liked the um, you know the four dozen recruits who were <laughs> on the sideline before the game and and you know. <laughs> who you could you could look at if you were Nebraska and and dream a little bit um to bring in you know a kid who's committed to Georgia um you know to bring in the number one transfer available in the entire country and the top player in the 2024 class and you know mix them with the commits from 22 who were in the building it it's um you know just it it it, it really uh, you know, allowed, I think, people to see what's possible. Um, and, and it hasn't been possible for the last couple of years because uh, the recruiting landscape was changed so much by the pandemic, especially at this time of year. Um, there, were, there were no visits in 2020 or 2021. So, you know, that, that I think was bigger than what we saw with the football. Um, you know, I like Nebraska's pass rush, but it was against a maligned offensive line that, that had to probably be blocking different because you knew you just had to entirely keep the defenders away from uh, the the offensive players since it was two-hand touch in the first half. So I think that changes 
yeah, I don't think there's a lot to, to judge um, about the offensive line in that game, um, in part because of the, the, the players that they were down and then also just the style. But, you know, Garrett Nelson, Jamari Butler, uh, they, they did a nice job in those circumstances. Um, <laughs> there's, from a football point of view, there, there's, just, there's just not a lot there. Anthony Grant looked nice on, the, on his 60-yard run where he, where he found the edge and, and then turned on the Jets. And I think he's somebody who can help Nebraska um, in, that, in the run game to, to really improve that aspect of the team. Uh, it come come the fall. I'm interested to see how that blends together, how Nebraska's renewed emphasis on moving the line of scrimmage. Maybe I've told you this before, but the renewed emphasis on, on moving the line of scrimmage that, that Donovan Riola is bringing in you know, with the, the, the directive from Scott Frost, how that blends with Mark Whipple's offense. You know, and they're going to throw the ball in that offense. Casey Thompson's going to put it up you know, 30 times a game, I would guess. So that to me is an, is a really interesting balance. And I don't think we got answers to how that's going to work. Uh, last Saturday, I didn't expect to get those answers last Saturday. Um, we're going to have to wait uh, four or five more months for that. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, continues to be a question that's going to linger over the summer. Mitch, uh, I wanted to go back to Sean Mathis and as it sits right now, I know uh, end of the month is when he'll make his announcement. How do you feel, uh, Nebraska did, and uh, are they uh, are they going to be able to, to stay top of mind with some of the who's who still out there coveting uh, O'Shawn Mathis? We always like to be kind of the last impression instead of one of the first, but you know Nebraska wanted to bring him in on on this weekend, of course, when it had fifty four thousand fans in attendance um, to make an impact, and it could roll out the red carpet um, for him in a way that was so unique. Uh, you know, you saw his comments on social media he seemed pretty excited by by the visit I, I you know I tend to think that um, you know when he goes the places that he goes here uh, the rest of the month he's going to be equally wowed and they're going to have some things to be able to show him that Nebraska probably doesn't and just the you know the expectation of where those programs can be uh, at the end of this year um, for Nebraska that that is the the, the, goal, the goal there, maybe not the goal, but the, the, the realistic hope is to, to have a winning team. And there are other places that want O'Shawn Mathis who are going to be talking about winning conference championships, playing for a national championship. And, you know, it's, it, it's hard with, without knowing him, um, it's hard to, 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 to know what his priorities are. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just to get to the NFL and to be showcased and, you know, to be in a place where he can be the star, well, then maybe Nebraska has a chance. But if, the, if his things are team-oriented or more team-oriented, then I think there are, are programs on his list that are, are going to have an edge that, that, where there's not much Nebraska can do about it. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll wait and find out. I think Nebraska put its best foot forward and did all that it could. Mitch, uh, when it comes to the portal, another wave will happen here after April and into May. If you're Nebraska, do you look at the portal to – add again at, at offensive tackle, mm-hmm. interior, defensive line, and, and tight end? Are those three spots you look at? I think so. Um, you know, I think the tight ends are going to get healthier over the summer. From, you know, not, not, not Thomas Fedoni, um, but uh, they, they, can, they can be in a much better place. And, and we saw something from, from some of the walk-on tight ends. You know, Nate Borkature 
definitely impressed some people over the over the spring and and you know as a player that Nebraska can rely on I think to to be a, to be um you know a um a factor at that position and you you get Travis Bokelek back you know you you hopefully get Chris Hickman and Chancellor Brewington back so they may not be uh, necessarily in dire need to get a tight end in the portal um in time for the start of the season um but yeah up front um, if there's an offensive tackle to get that, that allows you some flexibility with with Turner Corcoran, um, then that's great. You know, Teddy Prohaska is going to be one of those offensive tackles. Um, you know, we'll see what Nebraska does with Corcoran and with Bryce Benhart. And, you know, if, if the center position is set with Trent Hickson, um, definitely on the defensive line, on the interior, they're, they're looking to add, add somebody. Um, you know, and Mathis is more of an edge player. Uh, so that, that doesn't necessarily fill that, fill that gap. You have Ty Robinson and you have Casey Rogers with experience, but, um, you, you're going to need more. And, you know, I think Nash Hupmacher can be a player at that spot who is, um, you know, you know, like I said, with Borkerture is somebody who can get into the rotation. Um, but you, you want more proven depth. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think you have that uh, at the defensive interior spots. So, they're definitely looking to add through the portal there. And, and you know, some of it's going to depend also on, on what departures Nebraska has uh, via the portal because it works both ways, and there's going to be guys soon here mm-hmm. who, who enter the portal to, to leave this Nebraska program for the same reason that players are, you know, look, to, uh, look to leave the other schools and, and you know, potentially end up in Lincoln. Mitch Sherman with The Athletic. Mitch, enjoy time with fam. Thanks for squeezing us in, bud. You bet. Anytime. Thanks, right. Chris. Take care. Mitch Sherman, we will dive in. Some of your tweets and emails coming in about the best backs you've seen. More on the portal options with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, big thanks to Mitch Sherman. Steve Morick from Hale Varsity coming up here in just a uh, short time, about 20 minutes or so. Steve is hunkered down at uh, Haymarket Park, or soon to be hunkered down at Haymarket Park, Nebraska Creighton, get going at 6.05. We'll get Steve's take on some uh, Nebraska baseball, some Nebraska football. It'll be all good. Open phones for you the next 20 minutes or so. Can chime in best back you've seen in Lincoln or against Nebraska in lieu of Ranking the college football top 100 backs the last 60 years, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Really, and and you can debate me, and it's all good, but there's Barry Sanders, and then there's everybody else, and the everybody else is really good, and then the, the, the gap between one Barry Sanders, just from guys who played against him and Coach McBride, is is very real where Nebraska back in the 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 mid to late eighties would would take on Oklahoma State every year in the Big Eight and Thurman Thomas we know about Thurman right Hall of Fame player incredible with the Bills before that was an All American for for Oklahoma State and like Thurman never did anything against Nebraska except shoot his mouth off and then the rest of the defense would corral it. But when, when, when Thurman would get his, his butt kicked, he would go out for a play or maybe even a series. And what happened? Well, here comes Barry Sanders. 
<laughs> and the story goes from Coach McBride. We'll ask him next Monday, but he's like, you know, yelling at his defense, don't hurt Thurman. You hurt Thurman, they put in that Barry guy, and he's trouble. So I, I get a kick out of that story. So there's Barry, I think Adrian Peterson's there. The enemy was great, but I think to me it's it's Barry and then Ricky Williams. Ricky, the slight edge over Adrian. And some of you might just be going, you're nuts. Adrian's incredible, special. Uh, tweet comes in, Chris uh, at uh, hailvarsity.com is the email, uh, Schmidt underscore radio. Uh, Ryan uh, tweets in at remember Denny's. That's his Twitter handle. That's awesome. Who didn't love Denny's uh, uber late? Uh, Ryan's a little bit younger. It's all good, though. He says, like, I'm 25. So my top five Husker backs I've seen. One, Amir. Two, Sexy Rexy. Three, Roy. Four, Marlon Lucky. Five, Corey Ross. Corey Ross is super uh, underrated. And he's, like, also receiving votes. Uh, Brandon Jackson. Brandon Jackson was a great back. Uh, and Brandon did well in Green Bay. He's now the... Uh, head coach of his high school in Horn Lake, Mississippi. So that's that's pretty good. So let's let's hear the tone deaf take of the year. Do you see this from Cam Newton? So I'm sitting in my car. We're waiting for Junior's baseball team to, to put the field to bed, which means, you know, infield, batter's box, pitching mound, rake, 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 and – drag the field and make it all nice and pristine and i love that it's it's quite frankly a military exercise they do an incredible job of precise care so it takes a while and we're sitting in in the vehicle waiting for junior to take him home from from baseball yesterday and it's like hey sweetie you want to hear something and i played this for my wife and mama bear mama bunny is is she's funny i'm really uh, lucky to to have someone who's attractive as she is but her personality's wonderful and she is kind of a boss lady and she after cam newton said what he said she's like well you're not going to ever call me a bad <clears throat> but i am i'm the boss and i'm like i'm not going to argue with you you're you're too close to me you may harm me but cam newton went Straight up nuclear yesterday and has been getting crushed on social media ever since uh, he was doing an interview. I had a, a perfect, a perfect example of what a man was in my life by my father. Mm-hmm. My parents have been together for 36, 37 years now, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a three parent household, my mom, my father and my grandmother. And uh, I knew what a woman was, not a bad Okay, what's the difference? A woman. Okay. A bad bitch is a person who's just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. You know, I'm doing yeah. this, I'm doing that. I, I, I looked apart, but I don't act apart. Okay. You know, and it's a lot of women who are bad bitches, and I say bitches in, in, in a way not to degrade a woman, but just to 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 go off the aesthetic of what they deem is a boss chick. Mm-hmm. Now, a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs, mm-hmm. right? 
And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of like, I'm a boss, bitch, like I'm a this, I'm a dad. No, baby. Like, but you can't cook. Okay. You don't know, you don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. I had a, a perfect. Wow. So he starts off the comments about his upbringing, mom and dad and grandma. That's awesome to be able to have a two-parent household in any household and have grandma along. That, that's, that's decades of knowledge and experience and leadership right there for him. And, and, and then he's saying what he's saying about women that aren't quiet, women that can't cook, and he just doesn't want any friction or resistance he wants a yes man, not a man, but you know what I'm saying. And it just comes off. And you've got so many folks weighing in about, you know, don't give oxygen to, to Cam's comments because they're so ridiculous. Uh, they're, they're dangerous. And they contribute to a culture that believes it's okay to demean the and devalue women. And the screenshot, still shot of the interviewer here on Barstool with Cam the guy's pausing like, dude, just stop. Be quiet. And there's a lot of folks I know who've played ball with Cam, and they marvel at his talent, and they shake their head at his maturity, right? And, and why is, is Cam Newton not starting? Is it because he is sexist or doesn't get it? I don't know. I just don't know how easy it is for for grown men to follow him as a leader in a huddle on a, on an NFL playing field. MVP season took him to a Super Bowl and then got a second chance in New England is an incredible athlete is a phenomenal player but I just don't get his his mindset or his commentary um now this isn't cancel culture you're free to say what you want to say and do but don't be uh, shocked if there's <laughs> if there's blowback. Now, Cam also called out, man, I don't have that audio. But this is what is the lightning rod. This is what's there, and this is what's being played up. We'll wind down hour one. Steve Marek coming up, Husker baseball, and uh, some Nebraska football thoughts. And then Coach Kaz, Rick Kaczynski, with his next hour, Tale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. About 10 minutes away, Steve Mark, Husker Baseball, Big Red needs some help on the hill and some help in the field. And while we're at it, maybe a little bit of help in the batter's box. Creighton is... Smelling blood, Nebraska on a four-game losing streak. UNO swept by a pretty decent Rutgers team. And, you know, what what type of response does Nebraska baseball have in them against the rival? I think Will Bolt will have his guys fired up to play, but you just wonder about the confidence. You wonder about the arms. You wonder about the mentality right now. But they'll give it a shot. Game time moved up to uh, 6.05. Reminder to get buckled up. Using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly 
warn, buckle up, this message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Rick Kaczynski with us in about 30 minutes. So Bo Politi is contemplating a podcast. I'm hoping he'll have Kaz on there. But Bo tweeted out, okay, who should my first guest be? And in, in true Twitter fashion, you had some jokester, <laughs> well, start. we've been talking the running back list. Well, someone posted all of the records against the, uh, the black shirt defense rushing, mostly Wisconsin backs. Have some of the Wisconsin backs on. There were several suggestions of Sean Eichhorst. And, and if he does go that route, it's got to be in person. He'll never get a yes on that. But good for Bo doing a podcast. I wasn't sure if he was going to dive in and look or take an analyst job at Kentucky or if he's just going to count his money and retire. But he's probably going stir crazy. Cup baseball, give me an early season take, Connor. How are your chubbies doing? Are you optimistic? Has that faded and has that light gone out already? Actually, it's going better than I thought. You took two or three from the Brewers, which I'm always in favor of. They're currently winning against the Pirates, or at least I I uh, saw. You hope they're still winning against the Pirates? Yes, I hope they're still winning against it. They should win both of the games against the Pirates, but those are never a guarantee. But, hey, two and one. I mean, it's not undefeated, but it's not a losing record, so I'll take it. Did Bobby see and Javi uh, crank out for Detroit? Uh, no, because I know even though that highlight's getting posted, he's swinging at three down-and-away sliders and striking out three other times. So you're not a Javi guy. I like Javi, but uh, he of, just uh, swings at that every time. Of of your, like, departed Cubs, who do you wish was still with you? Probably Rizzo. I mean, all three of them leaving hurt, but Rizzo was the longest-tenured Cub out of the three. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I don't know, I... This could be arguable to, I think he's the best out of the three, but I, I would probably say Anthony Rizzo. Bryant's a close second. Um, I do miss Javi's defense, though. His de- He was, I mean, he lives up to the nickname El Mago out there at shortstop. You're, when you're in Wrigleyville, you hit what? Are you Murphy's? Well, I can't get in any of those places yet. Well, you so. go with your dad, though. Yeah, I've I've been to Murphy's once. Um, there's a couple of new places because they started building a whole bunch of stuff. Well, right. There. I mean, there's, there's it's pay per view now, man. I mean, yeah. you've got you've got some blockage going on. There's still the main rooftops. I would think what left field are still clean. Oh yeah, all those are still there. But the 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 the, the sight line that used to be from center to right's not so clean anymore. Yeah, the video boards. Mm-hmm. Eh. But, I mean, I, I don't care. I, I think the video boards were a good addition. I know a lot of people were upset about that, but it is what it is. All right, Steve Marek coming up. Rick Kaczynski, it's Hour 2. It's Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back at it, it's hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Steve Marek with us from HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Steve underscore Marek. He is all over Husker baseball and 
of course, uh, football not far removed from the spring game. Steve, where are you at, man? Are you making your way to Haymarket? Are you wearing a uh, football helmet uh, in case there is hail later? How are you? <laughs> hey, Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm, ac- I'm actually on my way as we speak. I'll be, to the, I'll be at Haymarket in about uh, five to six minutes here. So, yeah, we'll uh, keep an eye on the skies and see if we can get a game in tonight, huh? Well, I can peek out uh, off to the west and, and beautiful beautiful Cornhusker Highway. From where you're at right now, man, What's uh, how do the skies look? They look extremely windy, extremely hot, and pretty hazy. Um, so uh, I guess that's a uh, recipe for some interesting, uh, for an interesting Tuesday night. So we'll see uh, what we get tonight. Hot, hazy, and windy. Moving on. Yeah. So... Will Bolt Sunday, uh, wanting guys to step up. Maybe some position players uh, will be uh, tapped for help on the mound. You know, let's uh, let's look at this. A, do you expect any uh, any position players? Who are some candidates if Nebraska's got to go that route? I know the in-state rivals super important. Nebraska needs some momentum, and uh, BYU's also around the corner for a four-game series. Yeah, absolutely, and. Um... Really, hopefully, I think uh, Coach Bolt is hoping uh, to get at least, you know, five, six, um, seven innings would be great tonight for uh, Mason Ornelas, the transfer from Texas A&M, but we'll, we'll see about that. He's, he's been okay out of the bullpen this year. Um, but as for position players, um, wow, uh, maybe maybe Kobe Gomez, considering um, just, uh, I know he's he's pitched earlier in this season, but ha- but hasn't been out there since um, I think the first week of the season with an, with an injury, but they have mentioned that he's, he's been working a little bit on the mound, but I don't know if he's fully ready to, to help them out there. But yeah, that's a really interesting um, um, question because I don't really, I don't really know how many, how many position players really have experience up there on the mound. I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, everybody was kind of a stud in high school and everybody's kind of pitched in their, in their time, but um, yeah, it'll be uh, really interesting uh, to see, Kind of how that plays out, and, and what Mason can give can give his team this uh, tonight. Let's talk about Mason and A uh, and M's uh, big time school, and of course the Childress connection. And what, what's uh, what's Mason's specialty? What what can Nebraska fans look for with him on the mound? What what's what's his best pitch? What's his repertoire? Well, I think you're going to get a competitor on the mound with with Mason as far as his pitching repertoire, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know that, but I think you know. If, if you're a, if you're a guy who has spent some time um, in the SEC and at A and M at a at a really good program like that, you, you've got some stuff, right? And so I, I think um, he's he's really going to take take this start that he's that he's been given and and really try to try to show what he's got, show that show the coaches that he can that he's a starting capable or a starting caliber pitcher um, that and that could. You know, step onto the mound and and really a big game. I know, you know, people look at a Tuesday midweek game, but you know, it's it's Creighton, it's an in-state rival, just like you mentioned, Chris. And so I I think these guys, you know, considering how how the last game um, with, with these two a couple weeks ago with the three to two win in Omaha by Creighton, um, just some of the some of the antics um, from the Blue Jays after the game, they they were really pumped up and the juices were flowing it were flowing and and there were. They were hushing and shushing the, the Husker dugout, so we'll see. We'll see what kind of juice is in for this game. I, you know, I think that you know it's a it's a game that that Nebraska really wants. Obviously, after can after that 
being swept by the Scarlet Knights. Um, so it's, you know, you, you want to win this one, and, you know, you want to get a win over that in-state rival. So it's, it's going to be really interesting tonight. Steve Morick is with us, SaleVarsity.com and Magazine, covering Husker baseball, Creighton, Nebraska. Hey, Market tonight, 6.05. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll get to some spring football thoughts. You uh, hit on the antics, the the rivalry, the intensity, the emotion that that goes with it. And if if you're Nebraska right now, no better time than, than to get up off the mat against your rival, are they capable of doing it? What is ailing this team? Is it the inexperience, in your opinion, or are there some serious chemistry issues? Well, I uh, chemistry issues. I, I don't. I don't think I'd go that far, but I, I would. I would say that you know when, when you have the opportunities, when you have you know, your, your teammates in scoring position um, at, at second or third, you need to bring them home, right? And they just have not consistently. Um, been doing that at the plate this year. Um, just the consistency has not been there. They, they show that they are capable of doing that um, when they when they swept the Buckeyes at Ohio State. But since then, it's just been you know back to the same old, same old. Just you know not bringing in uh, base runners uh, when they're in scoring position. They're I mean that if you look up the numbers, uh, they, they aren't good at all. And so you know tonight you, you really want to see kind of a change in in that area when because Nebraska they don't have trouble getting base runners on i mean they can get runners on base but they just have trouble doing the next part and bringing them home um so tonight with with a tuesday midweek game you know storms coming in these are always kind of like weird games right like we don't really know what we're gonna see who we're gonna see on the mound so it's just gonna be a really really interesting and and fun night hopefully maybe um i guess you can call it fun fun might um, other people might use different words than fun but uh uh yeah it's it's just gonna be an Eventful night, let's let's say. So, we'll get to the Rutgers series in a second. I'm interested. Uh, so you're you're not talking chemistry. What about confidence? Is that a real issue? Is confidence an issue after getting whacked nineteen to one? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's got to be. I mean, if I was if I was on the team, I, I sure would be. You know, just kind of in my own head for sure. And maybe that's what the problem is. Um, baseball is a mental game and. You know, when you have a stretch that they're that they're on right now, where, where you just get swept, and and granted, Rutgers is a really in, really interesting team. They're they're a pretty good team, and I'm kind of going to be curious to see like where they take their season. Um, but but yeah, it's you know after you come off that high of sweeping um, uh, Ohio State on the road, and then you hope to continue it at UNO, and then you just lose um, in that midweek game as, as they did, and then. Um, get swept by Rutgers right after that. It's just like shot after shot after shot. They're just taking blow after blow of, you know, not really positive things. So it's, you know, they're going to have to just come together, find something out. And, you know, like I said, baseball is a mental game and they're really fighting it right now. And, you know, it's, it's a game that can, you know, turn around. Things can turn around um, on a dime. It, that's a game that's, it's a game that's possible to do that, but boy, you got to start somewhere. And, you know, I can't think of a better, way right now and then you know with an instant arrival coming in your own your home ballpark so um it's going to be a challenge obviously like it's going to be going to be close Creighton's going to play him tough uh but yeah it's you know to turn to change things around and and turn the mentality around and, and start getting some good vibes going in that program you got to get out of here with the win and if they don't boy it's just gonna the, the hole is just gonna be kept uh uh 
dig even further down. So uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes tonight. Steve Mark is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Steve, coming off of that 19-1 to loss in which Nebraska only had two hits in that game and Dawson McCarvel lasted an inning and two-thirds, that's not the first time this has happened to this Husker team here in this year. There's been a handful of times where the starter hasn't even made it out of two innings. So what are your thoughts on that philosophy from Will Bolt? Do you want to see, say, a McCarvel be in there for a little bit longer despite struggling in the first inning? Because that bullpen, especially in a weekend series, it's extremely depleted come Sunday. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit um, early, I guess, uh, to, to head out there and check out Dawson. You know, he, he wasn't looking good. Like, that's that's obvious. But um, you, you'd like to, to give the, the fifth-year senior and, and transfer from Grand Canyon just a little bit more time out there just to see if he can figure some things out. And if, and if he did, great. But if he if he doesn't, then you kind of work, work through it. But, you know, it's – yeah, it was a, a move that, you know, you know, Coach Bolt knows what he's doing and everything, and, and we'll see um, – I don't know. If it were me, I probably would have left him out a little bit longer to see if he could get out of that situation he was in and then maybe take some arms for some other games. But, uh, you know, it, I, I think, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, Coach Bull, he's just what he did last year. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. He knows his guys. He knows the situation that his pitching staff is in. Just kind of, it's been a little bit depleted this year with all the injuries and then uh, Jackson Jokin kind of moving on from the program. So, there's a lot of uh, questions going on right now, and um, they, they just need to figure something out. And I don't, I don't know if there's an answer there, but you know that's that's the great thing about baseball. There's a lot of games to figure them out. Give me two keys for tonight before we move to spring football. Yeah, you need a you need a hit with runners in scoring position. You need to bring home your teammates when they get on, because as I mentioned before, you know Nebraska does not have trouble getting players on base; they have trouble hitting them in. And then just you know with Mason Ornelas. Get some innings out of that guy. Get get him five, six, seven innings. I mean, that's that's what you need to do because you know the arms behind him. It's, it's just that pit, that uh, bullpen is getting a really, really, really thin. Um, so you know, uh, hitting with runners in scoring position, and then um, obviously getting the quality start from Mason. All right, we are going to switch gears, hit some spring football. Steve Marrick with us, AleVarsity.com and Magazine. Steve, we won't get too deep into the weeds with Saturday with the, the, the scrimmage, the offense versus defense, but, you know, what uh, impression do you think the ex-Huskers, the current Huskers, the brass at NU made on that contingent of visitors 100 deep? Oh, I think that was – that was really really cool, um, but what they did, I mean that that was a really uh, a, a showcase for the recruits, um, truly, um, especially for Oshawn Mathis that transfer at TCU. Um, yeah, he's he was kind of the bell of the ball, really. They were they were laying out that red carpet. He even got um, the head coach to take a photo shoot with him. That doesn't really <laughs> happen to Houston, so that was kind of interesting to see. But yeah, with all those um, four star four-star prospects they had checking it checking it out and kind of getting the vibe of Lincoln and, and seeing what kind of atmosphere um, Memorial Stadium can be I mean that had to look good and and obviously that that the, the kids probably didn't probably didn't like what they saw on, on the field so you know that could be another recruiting advantage too to tell them that you know come here and, and change that and play right away that's that's obviously one of the pitches that they've got to be uh, told so 
um, yeah, it was a great event. It was a great kind of uh, vibe. It was a great day in Lincoln. Um, I think it really did the program well, especially on the recruiting front, like you mentioned. So um, we'll see what Oshan, uh, Mr. Mathis, wants to do at the end of the month here. I think he sent out tweets and he'll, he'll make his um, uh, destination public at the end of the month here. So it's uh, just really going to be interesting, and, and we'll get a sense of how good and um, Nebraska's NIL program and then that spring showcase uh, that they did at, uh, with the spring game kind of makes on, on really kind of highly touted uh, recruits and, and um, transfers like Oshan. All right, Steve, you, you have to pick two position groups to go portaling, uh, and that is acquiring portal. We're going to take Oshan and Edge off the table because he's <laughs> clearly the target. So yeah. you've got inside linebacker, you have tight end, you have defensive tackle interior, or you have offensive tackle. Two position groups Nebraska should look at this uh, this next wave of portal opportunity. Yeah, this this is a fun question. I'll have to go with uh, an interior guy on the defensive line um, at, at a nose tackle, defensive tackle, one of those. I mean, just you look at what Nebraska has at the D-line right now, um, those interior guys. I, I like the duo that um, Barrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner provide on the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some young guys behind them, but I like them too. But right behind uh, Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers, if Casey Rogers is healthy, I like that duo. But behind them, I don't really know a whole lot um, about those young guys who are really kind of inexperienced. I love what Nash Hubrocker brings, but you know, is he going to be a guy that can give you – um, series after series after series, or, or I just don't know how long he's going to last mm-hmm. um, on the on the field. Uh, we don't know what his endurance is like. I know he got in last year for for a little bit, but uh, um, yeah, he's he's just got to show um, show if he's capable of of being an, an every down kind of defensive lineman in, in the Big Ten. Because if he's out there, I really like what he can do. He provides strength and and just kind of a massive roadblock out there, which is which is useful. Um, so yeah, I think just adding another big body um, to that interior defensive line um, position would be good. And then for the other position, I'd have to go with offensive tackle. I mean, I know they got, they had Turner Corcoran and um, Penny Pahoska out for the spring, and and boy, they they missed them in the spring game. Um, just this just a showcase of you know edge rushers getting through and. You know, it did not look good on the offensive line for Nebraska. So I think that they would really greatly um, kind of uh, do do good to go out and, and test the waters and see if they can find an, an offensive tackle. Because man, those it was not pretty on Saturday. And I know it was just a spring game, but you know, it's it, it might carry over to the season. And obviously, um, you know, the Big Ten is no joke with with some of those defenses. So I think you really need to go out and and try to see if you can find another kind of experienced blocker because those guys are going to be out, um, you know, after springs, you know, there's going to be the transfer portal is going to be hopping again. So we'll, we'll see what Nebraska chooses to do, but man, that offensive tackle kind of seems good to me. I think you nailed it. Uh, inside linebacker would be, be all right. You, you've got some guys that you don't know if they're ready to step up for some minutes. Uh, the, the brass behind Robinson and Rogers, minimal snaps, and uh, we'll see where Nebraska goes. Steve Marek, follow him on Twitter at Steve underscore Marek for all your Husker baseball updates and Husker football thoughts. Steve, will get caught up again. Stay safe tonight and stay dry, all right? All right. Well, thank you, Chris.
All right, good stuff from Steve. We'll step away a timeout of Tuesday with Kaz. We'll get Kaz's take on the D-line, the spring game, and that running back question is uh, the top uh, the top backs he's faced and seen. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's time for a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski with his longtime coach, Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, uh, well, you know, we uh, for old times' sake, we went and had a beer at, 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 a, at a favorite watering hole, uh, you know, after spring game, after some baseball Saturday. Uh, just I was looking for that, that Kaz jersey in the rafters, brother. <laughs> yeah, keep, yeah, I don't I think uh, I don't even have my own jersey up in my uh, in, in my own house, so that tells you that tells you how how popular of a player I, I was and am. So, uh, you know, what the hell are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? No, so, no nostalgia yeah, but, though. There's no like helmet or jersey or anything like up in the yeah, old I, office or den. I, I, yeah, I got my. You know, we have um, we have. We have too much house and, and too many rooms, um, so my wife just kind of uh, she went and kind of decorated an office that I, I never I do a little accounting in there and that's about mm-hmm. it. But it's 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 kind of like uh, Schmitty, you know, if you walk in somebody else's house and they have a shrine to themselves, it's kind of you kind of look like a kind of look like a like a bag. So uh, I no, I, I get. No, like, I hear you. <laughs> well, it's I'm it's, like, it's but, one thing. But, but she put some stuff up. But there's there's actually there's a great picture. It was that it was it was in uh, the Journal Star, um, and um, it was with my son. We were coming off. I think it was the Illinois game, night game, mm-hmm. and uh, Ra- uh, Randy was high five, and my son Victor, he was on my shoulder. So I do have that picture. I do have that picture in there. So that was uh, that was. That was that was a that was a good deal, man. That was a, that was a great that was a great thing. But yeah, I got some I got a I got a couple other pictures, some some action some action shots, so uh, people actually believe that I that I played. So you look at me now, and I don't know, maybe guys that looked at me then didn't believe I played either. But uh, looking at me then and looking at me now, probably probably have some questions. So uh, so there's a few photos. There's a few. There's some proof that I actually uh, that I actually played. So uh, yeah, man. But yeah, that's a, that's about it. But most of my stuff, I got I got Tiger stuff, I got Red Wing stuff, and then I got some old uh, old black and white family photos and things like that. So uh, that's kind of how my house rolls. But I'm still like a I'm still like a coach. There's there's not a whole lot on the walls. I still. Uh, <laughs> I still have that mentality. Coaches, coaches, no, no big purchases, and uh, don't put a whole lot on the walls. Let's not let's not put uh, too much uh, in the living room. It, it may be coming down. You're telling me. Damn right. <laughs> well, damn right. And damn and right. The no, you're you're right about the the shrine to yourself. I wasn't asking if you had a, you know, a statue out back like OJ did. I mean, I wasn't going there. I'm just, <laughs> but just hey, man. more more about the pr- the proof, right? I tell you, if I uh, if I won the if I, if I was as, as good as the juice was on the field, I probably I probably would have a statue of myself. So, uh, oh, the juice, God bless him. 
Kaz, that leads us into ESPN.com's rundown of top 100 uh, running backs. They get pretty serious about uh, the top 100 the last 60 years. Who's the best back you saw or you faced at Notre Dame or or even as a coach uh, at Iowa and Nebraska? Oh, gosh. I mean, you can go back. And I think that's a tough one because, you know, when you're talking, there, there's been some great, great, great college backs. I remember as a player, I remember Cedric Irvin played yeah. for Michigan State. Um, Amos Zaraway at, uh, at West Virginia. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, like I, it, it was long after I was done playing that I realized we played against uh, Ricky Williams at Texas. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't think he had many yards in our 50, 55 to 17 uh, tail kicking. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always good to look back and say, oh, man, this guy, that guy, and um, I know it's more than one guy, but uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that you you were on the field with those guys and competed against them. But man, I, I mean that that's I, I can't imagine I can't imagine having uh, having a list like that. You know, Mike Hart as a coach, mm-hmm. one of the best college backs I've ever seen. Um, oh gosh, another Michigan State got Bell. Olavion well, was great. State. Yeah, he was really good. And I mean, I I. And I think if I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they beat Bowling Green. I think I think Le'Veon, I think he had a bowling offer in Michigan State. I think Michigan State came in late, and some other teams might have offered. But that's really who they that's really who they beat. Um, oh gosh, I mean Michigan's backs. Um, good lord, Ricky Powers. You go back in the day. I mean, look at look at the Notre Dame guys. I mean, yeah. Holy cow! Um, Ricky Waters. <laughs> so I mean, you just there's just gosh, what a, what a position! That's such a tough, mm-hmm. tough position to debate. Obviously, you look at the guys that that Nebraska's had. I mean, good lord! I mean, Johnny Rogers, Roger Craig. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, I grew up watching Roger Craig and really didn't put two and two together until. Yeah, I always saw Roger Craig as a 49er, mm-hmm. not necessarily not necessarily a Cornhusker until I got to until I got to Nebraska. We we're like, oh man, it's just 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 amazing. Obviously, Amir, I mean, find a better back um, consistently. I mean, Rex, I mean, Sean Green at Iowa, just you know, just just fortunate, man. Melvin Gordon, obviously, I, I hate saying that just because he uh, you know gives me nightmare still, but. The thing about Melvin, he was, um, you know, usually those guys that that are that tall, like him and Dickerson, um, they're not they're they're not high knee runners. He was such a high knee runner, and and he's hard to bring down. You know, usually guys like that they just blow by you. But when you look at Dickerson and Gordon, I mean, they'll 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 try to run you over just as uh, easily as they'll try to run around you. You know, just that combination of of uh, of power and speed, but. Gosh, there's so many. I mean, who are who are some of the guys? Who are some of the guys on the list? Well, you uh, you hit both the Wisconsin. You hit uh, Melvin came in at number twenty. Monte Ball at nineteen. The uh, enemy tore my heart out as a little kid against Nebraska. He comes in at number twenty-five. Marshall Falcon at twenty-nine. Le'Veon didn't make the oh, yeah. li- didn't make the list, but your Le'Veon was incredible. Nick Chubb uh, cracks in at sixty five, and I thought he was 
a really good back at Georgia because I know you guys played Georgia in back-to-back bowl games. Uh, Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and Zeke Elliott in the top 30. Uh, on one leg, this was during the Callahan era, but Adrian Peterson still ran for 150 yards in Lincoln. Adrian, oh, yeah. Adrian was yeah, incredible. I, I mean, that's just – like Schmitty, that just goes to prove. It. I mean, there's just so many guys. I mean, you, you know, you could. I bet you could come up with with literally 200 names, and you would agree that yeah, man, that's one of the best backs of all time. But you know, Jerry, you know, Schmitty, the other, the the real Schmitty, the original, the OG Schmitty, the OG Schmidt Rock, Jerry Schmidt, another Nebraska product. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was uh, our strength coach at Notre Dame for three years, and. Um, in before he left and went to Florida because Notre Dame just was too cheap to pay him at that time. And, uh, you know, it was detrimental to the success of the program. And when, when Schmitty left, I mean, it, it really just changed things. But I remember him talking talking about Peterson, and he said, AP, he's like, he's like, you plug him in, push play. You ain't got to do a whole lot. You ain't got to do, do a whole lot with him, man. But, uh, yeah, gosh. I mean, you just go down the list. I mean, Reggie Bush. I'm sure Reggie Bush is he's, on there. He's in the top ten. Uh, you got Reggie and then Earl Campbell at nine, Bo Jackson at eight, Michael Heisman, Rogier at seven, uh, OJ at five, Ricky Williams at four. Ricky had an incredible day in Lincoln. Uh, Herschel Walker at three, Archie Griffin at two, and then Barry Sanders at one. Barry's probably the best I've seen followed by Adrian, and then Amon Green is on the list. Amon was very special in Lincoln. Uh, and Lawrence Phillips not on the list, but O.J. is. Uh, so I think Lawrence, if we're talking yeah. on the field, needs to be on that list. I like I liked your Le'Veon Bell take. Your buddy George Rogers comes in at 18. And then where were you on Tony Dorsett, man, as, as a kid who grew up in Pennsylvania? Were you pro-Tony or anti-Tony? Pro, 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 Tony. He's you know, number he's, uh, six. He's from, uh, yeah. I mean, he's from Hopewell, um, Aliquippa, and Aliquippa. That area, it's steel. I mean, it's all. It, it was all steel mill, and I mean, literally, guys would bet their their paychecks on high school football games back in the day. Wow. And I mean, if you're, I mean, you're talking Ditka. They're all from that area. They're all from that area there. I mean, you got Dicka, Dorset, Aliquippa, Hopewell area. I mean, it's it's Steel Town. It's Steel Town football, and um, so I had a lot of respect. I mean, when I when I was growing up, I looked at like Aliquippa fighting Quip. I looked at school team. Look at a, a Big Ten football team. You know, you would. I mean, you would just hear about these teams: Pittsburgh North Hills. Penn Hills with Bill Fralick. I mean, so yeah, Tony Dorsett was 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 a was a dude, man. You know, he was. I know um, took some heat when he crossed the picket line, but I mean, one of the one of the best backs, one of the best backs of all time. Um, you know, obviously Jim Brown. Yeah. Uh, Freeman. I, I don't know why. Probably because he was always on the Monday night um, intro. Freeman McNeil. He played for the uh, played for the Jets. I mean, He's a Ernie Bama Biner. guy, wasn't he? Yeah, and then Ernie Biner. I think I think Biner was. You know, he was with the Browns, but I think he was. I think he was a North Carolina guy. Okay. Um, you know, Zonka. Keith, I mean, Byers, you go back to those. Byers was an Ohio State stud, and yeah, Zonka made oh, the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zonka made the list yeah, too. Yeah, Keith sure Byers. 
Keith Byers, but I was talking. You got Ernie Biner. Yes, Ernie Biner. I think he fumbled yeah. against the Bronx. I think he fumbled against the Bronx. But I mean, look at those Bronco teams. Look at the backs that they had. I mean, it, I mean, I, gosh. I mean, you could, you literally, you you could put a list together with with two hundred guys, yeah. and it would be hard to argue any of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, you look at look at you know, in George Rogers, I have the privilege of knowing George pretty well, dude. Try to tackle this dude with a full head of steam. I mean, freaking hurt you. I mean, just hurt. He could hurt you to this day. And, uh, I mean, just absolutely, absolutely, uh, um, you know, amazing. You know, I grew up watching Joe Cribs, um, played for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you know, he was in that backfield. Joe Ferguson, Joe Cribs. I mean, good. I mean, gosh, there's just, just so many. I mean, you look at Rathman. Oh, gosh. Uh, just, uh, just great, great backs. Um, you know the Brooks brothers at at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I mean, when 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 has it when has it Michigan had a running back until recently, right? Well, when haven't they had two or three? They, they've been loaded. <laughs> I mean, Wheatley and Bianca Batuka. I mean, those were some some yep. good backs. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, gonna fast forward here to the spring game and. Uh, they started tackling in, in the second half. It was thud in the first half. Still had about 54,000 uh, Nebraska fans there. It was a nice showcase and rollout for the 100-plus recruits that were on hand. So the, the wow factor was there. But you have uh, uh, some mixed reviews uh, with the spring game uh, from the fan base that uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't physical enough. What's you, uh, what say you as, as a coach? Uh, when it comes to keeping guys healthy and limiting contact. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk out of both sides of mine, so let me preface it with that. I'll be very <laughs> hypocritical here. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Um, you know, I, I get it. I understand it. I, I understand it. Um, I understand it with certain players, right? I think – you know, when I was at Iowa, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need to see Adrian Claiborne um, in in a nine in, in every nine on seven during the spring. You know, I knew what he could do. I, I needed to see guys that we had to get ready to be Adrian's backup. You know, uh, I did when Mike Daniels' fifth year. I didn't need to see him have three sacks in the spring game. I, I knew what we were getting with him. Same thing with Randy and those type of guys that we had at uh, at Nebraska, um, you know. But I needed to see, you know, Aaron Curry and Avery Moss. Uh, I needed to see Kevin Williams. I needed to see Vincent Valentine. I needed to see Malik. I needed to see him get off blocks and and, and make tackles. So, you know, when you're talking about uh, you know tackling and things like that, <laughs> you can break it down. Uh, all you want and, and the best coaches, that's how they do it. They do tackling circuits. You break it down just like everything else. It's a process that you break down step by step. But just like everything else, uh, unless you actually, the only way you can get better is by actually doing it. Now, what you want to try to do is control it as much as possible, right? Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, you got six year seniors on campus and you, you have a lot of guys that have proven themselves. My opinion, the best way to do it, you pull them off to the side, and then you know you put guys in there that are ready to play. It's a physical game. Uh, you can't prevent guys from getting injured. You know the best the best way to prevent being injured is to always 
be in a football position, you know, to have your feet in the ground, to have your knees bent, your ankles bent, and your hips down. I mean, that, that's how that's how you avoid being hurt. Sometimes things get happen, but if you're a coach and you're worried about guys getting hurt, um, man, I understand protecting certain guys, but you know, I I like I like hitting people and I like I like hitting a certain way. And I think every at some point everybody has to get hit because once it gets live bullets on Saturday, man, under the lights, it's you know, that ain't the first time you want to have a helmet put underneath your chin. So, you know, I'm not a I'm not a sled guy. I'm not a you know, give me all these individual tools. You know what? I you play against people. All my drills were against people, you know. I mean, I, I, I fought blocks against blocks. I did my, my shed drill against people. Everything, you know, if, if you saw us, an individual practicing, it was moving parts. It was everything moving parts. I like moving parts. I'm a football guy. Um, I like tackling. So, so, but I also get, I also get why, they, why they, you know, did thud. Um, I understand why they protect certain quarterbacks. Um, but, uh, but I also, you know, I also think that there's a way of controlling it where you get the guys that you need to see to get the best predictor of how they're going to be in front of people in the stadium without you standing five feet behind them coaching. That's the only way, you know, making a tackle in space in Memorial Stadium with how many people were at the game, Schmitty? 54 and change. Yeah, 54 and change, and then doing it two-hand touch, two completely different things, man. So that's why we always like the spring game for young guys, so they could come out of that tunnel, see the people, feel that anxiety, and, you know, make, make those tackles when coaches are off on the sideline. Well, we're not coaching you from behind, you know, and then and – then, doing it play after play that's not scripted. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, I don't like it. You protect the guys you don't need to see that have proven themselves. Um, and you get the young guys out there and the guys that, that you're counting on in the fall, you get them on the ground, man. That's, that's my opinion. But, you know, I'm driving around in a truck in South Carolina. What the hell do I know? Rick Kaczynski's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Tuesday with Kaz. Guys, want to get your thoughts. Nebraska may dip into the portal, not only for uh, the Russian. We've talked about O'Shawn Mathis. He'll make his announcement at the end of the month. Nebraska did a great job. Trev Albert spent a lot of time with him. Some of the the past uh, greats uh, on the Nebraska defensive line spent time with him as well. So the impression was good. But from a, from a, from a depth standpoint, I think we kind of know the, the front four right now heading into the, the summer. But the, the backups are, are young, and they've been on campus. And and how many reps in, in a good spring can you get the get the guys that that are the depth that that may be called upon? I mean, what's what's a good spring number? What's you know what's the process to get guys that that can be the next man up if called upon? Well, the process starts. That that's why qualifying for a bowl game is 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 extremely important in, in developmental pro in all programs, but especially developmental programs. And that's, that's what Nebraska, that's, that's what everybody is. I mean, quite frankly, with the, you know, the 
Alabama doesn't have to be a developmental program, but that's what they are. They just happen to develop the, the most athletic and the most talented athletes in the, in the country. Um, same thing with Clemson, same thing with Georgia. Um, you know, everybody's developmental, but, uh, you know, that's why it's so critical to get to qualify for a bowl and have those practices. The process starts. That's when it starts, you know, because you get into the season, you don't have a lot of time to work with the young guys. You don't have a lot of time to get into the details of the, of the technique. So that's why it's critical. You get to the bowl game, you get those extra practices, uh, you get school out. There's no 20 hour rule. You can beat the hell out of them. You're not, you're not worried about getting ready for a game, all those type of things. So that's why it's critical. You want to make a bowl game. That's when the process starts. Then it's, then it's winter conditioning. Um, you know, you got your strength coaches working with guys. It's, it's just that mentality, you know, it, it, with putting the expectations on the guys that's saying, Hey, listen, here's the deal, man. You need, you need to play. Like you need to help us. And that's what Saban does. I mean, if you're, if you're not playing, if you're not in the second, if you're not in the second, uh, on the second team by your third semester, you're gone. You're, you're, see you later, man. They're, they're telling you to go somewhere else. And I think you got to put that pressure on guys and it starts in the off season and starts in the weight room. And then you're constantly talking to your guys. And then, you know, spring ball, that's what it's for to, to learn technique, you know, to, to, so guys understand the demands. So guys understand how to play within the system because you could have a tough, smart, fast, athletic, powerful guy, but if he doesn't know what he's doing, he's going to look soft, he's going to look slow, and he's going to look unathletic when a fifth-year senior offensive lineman is firing off the ball in a nine-on-seven drill. So it's learning that speed, all that, but, you know, I, I, I mean, where Nebraska is right now, you know, they should be further along. City. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. They should have guys, you know, they, they should have eight guys, in my opinion, that should be ready to play. And obviously, no matter who you are, where you're at, Alabama's second team is not as good as their first team. You should definitely know who you got up front. But then there, there should also be about three guys, two guys that you know we, could, we can go win a championship with. Right, and then and then you go through spring and and you kind of see some flashes of guys saying, okay, this is this is what we got. Now we got another, you know, 28 practices to get him ready before the first game. So you know, it, it's finding out for those young guys, those guys who haven't played a whole lot, kind of defining where they're at and what they need to do in the off season and what the expectations are for them coming into fall camp. And, and I, I always put deadlines on guys. I mean, I, I, you know, I, this is big boy football. Hey, if you're, not, if you're not ready to go, you know, second week of camp, you're going to be on the scout team because we're getting ready for whoever we're playing. We're getting ready for Northwestern, man. You know, so I, I, don't, I don't have time. So it, it, it's up to you. The onus is on them. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I think, I, I think it, it, it all depends on where you're at. But Nebraska should have no problem right now, year four, year five, fielding four defensive linemen that you, that you can go win a Big Ten championship with. They should have no problem having six or seven guys, or, you know, three more guys that there's not going to be much drop-off. And then there should be three more guys that you feel pretty good about that are young, that, man, like these guys, these guys got a chance. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate they're where, they, they are where they are. And, you know, sometimes that's just, you know, part of the circumstances they're in. 
you know, they got to bring those guys along. You know, you don't have a whole lot of choice, though, Schmitty. You know, my my point being is, you got you got to you got to roll. I mean, when I got there, I wasn't waiting. Said, okay, we need a defensive end. Well, give me Eric Martin. I'll take him since nobody else wants him. He's two steps slow at linebacker. Well, you know, he's real fast at DN. So let's make him a player. You know, you got what you got, and you got to get the most out of him, and you got to demand that. And uh, you know, I think we did a pretty good job there. I wasn't waiting around, you know, 12, 13, 14, man. You know, we had to get some dudes. I knew where we were, and we had to get some dudes, and we were starting to build it that way. But, uh, you know, it's it's hard. It's not easy. But, you know, I think, in my opinion, they should be a little bit further along, and that's not a knock on the coaches. That's college football these days. You know, transfer portal, everything else that goes into college football, it's just, man, it's hard. And that's a tough position. And most of those guys, they're down south, man. They're, they're, they're down south right now. But uh, they should be a little bit further along, and I'm sure they will be further along here coming out of spring and getting into fall camp. Guys, we'll get caught up next week. Great stuff on the, the D-line and the running backs. And I uh, love the home uh, decor tips for sure. We'll, uh, we'll talk <laughs> next week, brother. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thanks, man. Good stuff from Kaz. Again, don't be a bag and have a self-shrine of oneself in said house. Connor, you got a picture of, uh, you don't have pictures of like your all-star seasons up to you? Well, I wish I had an all-star season to begin with. <laughs> you and me both, man. <laughs> there, it's fine to have like family pics of, of sporting events, but you don't want to, you know, there's a difference. Like if you played ball I get the matted jersey that the wife or girlfriend or family right. got you and you put up in your home office. Totally get that. Or your helmet or, I don't know, uh, maybe you want a gold glove. Saw a, a Zoom session that Ken Griffey Jr. participated in and his backdrop isn't wallpaper or a poster. It's 12 gold gloves. <laughs> so that's okay. That's pretty good. Good stuff from Kaz, Java Chamberlain, talking some baseball tomorrow with us on Hale Varsity.